cool cats and kittens. This is PSU Raw. Oh, I was like, what is happening? That's not our usual opening. Ah, got us. Yeah, yeah. I that know. was way too of a dynamic voice, though. She was like reading I off know. of a script during all of those poor things. <laughs> she, do you think she has some like well, whatever? She's a she's a character, you know. There's a lot to get into with Carol Baskin. Bas Baskin. Baskin. For those Baskin. of you un unaware, we are yeah. talking about Tiger oh. King this week, um, which is a Netflix documentary series that dropped last week and yeah. has become all of the rage. Like all of my social media is yes. dedicated to Tiger King. I had multiple people text me and say are you guys doing tiger king for the yeah. podcast and we weren't planning on it because i have been busy writing a book but i stayed up extra late to finish off this Aww. thing just so that we could discuss it because so it is truly a wild story it's all about um all of these different people who own large cats in the united states like not like house cats Big but cats. tigers and lions and lynxes and oh, ligers yeah. and all kinds of oh wild and crazy things so. Yeah, no, it's a pretty, pretty crazy story. It's like a seven episode docu-series. Celebrities are obsessed with it. Everyone on Twitter is obsessed with it. My parents have watched it. Like it, it's made the rounds, I think, especially because it was kind of the first big drop um, from Netflix during this quarantine situation. So a lot of people were like, well, I got nothing but time and settled in for seven hours of redneck <laughs> big cat owners fighting about who is i don't know the worst of the bunch it, it's a tough call really really tough it is interesting to think about like if this comes out normally if there's no coronavirus there's no quarantine like does this become a big de deal do yes. people watch it is it a big deal but it's just less of a big deal or is this mostly <laughs> the corona speaking that I we're think, obsessed with this? i think it would always have been a big deal maybe not as big just because not everyone would have had the time to watch it as quickly as it was watched but I mean this is like you have everything you have these wild characters these crazy twists you have sort of a moral message buried under there um there's just like so much happening that it's just a wild bonkers ride to be a part of plus it's been covered before and I think like podcasts and news articles. So this is like, like Joe Exotic, the guy at the center of it. It has been sort of a well-known, I don't know, figure in in some circles. So I think it's it's just another chapter in a crazy story. I feel like I might have even talked about this on a love it or hate it at some did. point, maybe yeah. because. I when would this have been? Maybe like last fall. I was so one of my favorite books of recent history is the book On Trails by Robert Moore, which is all about like the apple. He hiked through hiked the Appalachian Trail, but it's just a very well written nonfiction book about like trails and all of their forms, from like molecular levels to like these huge trails that go across countries. Mm -hmm. But anyways, he released on Twitter, "Hey, I've been working on this podcast for a long time. It's the second season of this kind of murdery podcast called Over My Dead Body. It focuses on these large cat dealers." And I was like, well, I don't really care about these cats or whatever, but I <laughs> liked his book so much that I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to this podcast just because I want to support him. And I think he's really interesting. And boy, was the podcast fascinating. It mainly focused, though, on this rivalry between Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic, which <laughs> is a big part of the documentary. But mm -hmm. the documentary focuses on a lot of other things and sort of like wheels off at the end into yeah. a couple different areas that I don't think the podcast um, does. But so I was already obsessed with the story. And then when I saw that they were releasing a documentary, I was like, okay, I'm into this, but also I already know all of this story. So mm -hmm. like what new is there going to be? And let me tell you the visuals of this documentary were <laughs> very interesting and lended themselves to a whole nother mm -hmm. layer of meaning where when you're only listening to these people as crazy as they sound, you just don't get the full picture of yeah. what is happening. Just the level of dedication to the cat themes, the amount of glitter and facial jewelry. It's a lot. The tattoos, the, the oh tattoos they choose to cover old tattoos with. It's just, 
There's so much here to just love and marvel at. And it was truly a wild ride. I mean, yeah, like right off the bat, you have this introduction of Joe Exotic, who is this kind of redneck, like gay, (laughs) like just crazy guy who owns the zoo in, he calls it a zoo. He owns this animal zoo (laughs) in Oklahoma where he has like 200 cats he has some bears he has some monkeys whatever and he's obsessed with becoming famous like he has a he has a television show he calls it it's just a youtube channel and um he makes all these elaborate videos and he realizes you can kind of see how he needs this like he leans into this character a little bit and he becomes obsessed with his arch enemy carol baskin who is a woman who is sort of claims to be Uh, animal activist she wants to protect these cats she thinks that these small far these small zoos these exotic owners are bad news for cats because they breed them they do like you know it's all about like cubs and uh cute pictures and photo ops and handling these little kitties and whatnot and so she's like oh no i'm out like I'm out in DC trying to get legislation passed to like illegalize this action. And so there's this tension between the two where Joe's like, she is my, she's like my enemy number one, constantly talks about it, constantly pretends to like, I don't know, like shoot her up, threaten her life. Oh, yeah. Just a lot of violent imagery. And it's just his whole shtick. Yeah, it's just this constant rivalry where she is like animal rightsy, so, sort of. It, sort of. It, <laughs> It's a it really is a question of where she thinks that she is like trying to get these big cats out of the hands of these dealers and put them in her sanctuary. So mm-hmm. she's trying to shut Joe Exotic down. But Joe Exotic is like, no, she is doing the same thing as us. <laughs> she also owns a zoo full of big cats. It's just under a different label. Mm-hmm. So then it's just this intense rivalry as they go back and yeah. forth trying to shut each other down through various <laughs> methods um where carol baskin has people like traveling around the country trying to shut down joe exotic's road show um joe is is at one point puts out a hit on carol baskin <laughs> like all kinds of drama just between the two of them but does he i mean yeah that's the thing is that's like the question the episode the series opens knowing joe exotic is in prison for for organizing a hit against Carol Baskin. And so we all know that right off the bat, there's this bad blood. And then the series is just looking at how it, how it got to this point because the series itself was filmed over five years and they had originally approached all these people. They end up interviewing and like working with being like, we want to talk about like the cat industry and like how this is looking like the, the film director for one of them had previously done like a tiger documentary and like, I don't know, like internationally, like a very about like preserving, protecting tigers or whatever. Which can we just like talk about this for a second? Like, yes, the narrative supposedly is that they wanted to make this documentary that was just about like big cats and they didn't they weren't interested in the characters. But I sort of find that a little bit hard to believe just because like the shots that they have of people and the way that they set up these interviews are not meant to make anyone look professional. Like the places that they, you know, like everyone's seen a 60 minute interview where it's like they have these people in kind of like immaculately well put together backgrounds where like they're on a sofa or something, but it's nice stuff in the background. This, they, it seems like they purposely set up these shots to make everyone look stupid. But these it's are like their they, homes. These are their places. That's what right, they, but it's like, they've... they look so bad. There's, there was <laughs> one guy who I can't even remember who he was. He was like a lawyer or somebody that they were interviewing and he's sitting on a chair. And then to his left, there's like all these weird, creepy, like masks on the wall. And I was like, it's you the, don't, don't put that in the sh- yeah. yeah, I was like, you, it's like, you don't like, he's not even a weird person in this story. And this shot they have of him is like constantly making him look like a creepy idiot. Mm. So well, I mean, I'm sure they realize pretty quickly that like, whoa, this is like the personality involved in this world is a lot bigger than maybe they anticipated, you know? Yeah, I mean, they got clips of, like, <laughs> people in weird costumes. The So Joe Exotic has two husbands, <laughs> and one of them is just always, is just constantly filmed without a shirt on. Like, in yeah. his interview segments, he doesn't have a shirt on. It's like, 
why? That was that clearly was a choice. choice. That was his he choice. He decided to do that. Yeah, because he I, wanted to show off his tattoos. I That's find that hard said. to believe. No. That's no. what they said. But yeah, I mean, it is sort of the the idea that this is sort of like a pro cat, like anti cat establishment is kind of tough to swallow because by the end of it, it is just like a just like a show of just bad characters. It's so salacious. It's crazy. But there is also like they do shove in a message at the end that sort of does a good job of jolting you into remembering like, oh, wait, this is actually a pretty toxic world, you know? So, yeah, I mean, motivations aside, they can't help that they stumbled upon this world of crazy characters who were willing to say almost anything on camera. Just like no, no holding back, no shame, no self-control. It was just the craziest thing was that you thought you understood where the narrative was going with each episode. But each episode almost ended on twist or introduced a new character. And yes. you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the new worst person I've ever seen. And it just like built into this crazy tangled web of of all these. I mean, you know, a little bit weirdos who are just <laughs> caught up in this world that seems so big to them. But I've never encountered because the first episode, you're introduced to Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, and then also this third animal dealer named Bhagavan Doc Antle, who is has like multiple mm. wives and is very... <laughs> well, you don't know that at first. Oh, yes, that's right. You, you just meet him. But then episode two, which is called Cult of Personality, <laughs> it like really dives into how all three of these people just yeah. have the weirdest most bizarre lives and somebody at some point says like there's a lot of weird animal people in the world but the big cat people are the weirdest and it's like (laughs) very you get it very quick because joe has joe has over here with like two husbands he's a country music artist supposedly (laughs) we'll get into that and then he has this zoo he's like blowing up things he's got guns everywhere (laughs) and then doc antle is basically running a cult where he gets all of these young women to come like work at this zoo. He doesn't pay them very much. He forces them into these real weird skimpy outfits. He gives them all different names and then like marries them all sort of. Well, what's interesting about him is that he's sort of presented as like, as like the put together one, like in the first episode, yes. you're like, Oh, he's got it figured out. Like he, he's the guy who does like all the animal training for like Hollywood. Like it turns out he was the one who, helped in Britney Spears's like VMA performance for Slave to for you with like all the tigers and the snakes and stuff. So he's like seen as legitimate almost. But then yeah, you find out like, oh wait, like he's this creep who preys on these young girls who like come to him for these cool opportunities to hang out with tigers and then he grooms them into these weird like sex slaves and gets them boob jobs and names them weird sort of mythical names and it's all very very weird <laughs> very well and, and the thing and another thing that i feel like goes to discredit that this uh director <laughs> was trying to make a cat movie is like he f- he finds these people and he tells them one thing and then he goes and finds like their worst nemesis <laughs> like he he tracks down some like ex-worker of doc antles who basically just rags on him the whole episode <laughs> like it's- i mean it's not ragging on him it's are you talking about the woman who survived the sex cult well yes but it's like <laughs> it it's it, it just it doesn't feel like a nature channel documentary right, right. like yeah, like they yeah. knew what they were doing like this guy's weird let's like dig up yeah. the the dirt on him but then <laughs> yeah. carol baskin is also portrayed as as crazy because she yes. um because she has all of these volunteers and all of these different levels but she's not paying anybody and she just yeah. has all of these groupies but then the yeah. big twist comes at the end of the second episode when you realize that Carol's first husband, who was very wealthy, just disappeared out of the blue. She inherited all of his money. And you're like, uh, well, what happened to that guy? (laughs) So do you think that she killed the husband? The first husband? I don't know. I was sort of like, I don't think so. But the real, the real sort of center for me was, um, so the whole theory is he, he left his wife and his family for her. They get married. They have this weird relationship where I think at one point she had been in the car with him, like with a gun pointed at him, right? Like to answer questions. Well, that was the first. That was the first 
That the was first the date? first night they met. Yeah, yeah the first date. He <laughs> yeah, was like, you so can hold this like, gun on me and ride in the car. Yeah. yeah. And so then you start to get this sense of like, they're interviewing his original family, like his ex-wife and his daughters. And they all think Carol did something because the husband had started being like, I don't feel safe. I like have to get out. I, I, I think she's trying to kill me and put out a restraining order against her supposedly tried to, but the court didn't allow it or whatever. And then her theory of events is like, he was fine. Like, sure. We had problems, but then he was like, Oh, I'm going on this, like, I don't know, selling cars in Puerto Rico or something. I don't know. And, um, she, he just disappears. And then someone else said, well, he had said he had this big plan. And if he pulled it off, it would be the craziest thing. So I was like, well, maybe he just ran away. But the weird thing is, the truly weird thing is that she discovers his will where it says, when I disappear instead of when I die. (laughs) And so that's how she gets her millions, which is pretty fishy. Right. It's like, well, did she make the will if she or did he make the will? Like, I... My question is that he seemed to be kind of wrapped up in some nefarious, like, underworld yeah. business dealings. <laughs> so I feel like that is more likely what happened to right. him, or he just, like, was running away from that yeah. in some capacity. But it was very strange. And I will also <laughs> say this. So on the listening to the podcast, I was like, Carol 100% murdered her husband, like, oh, like really? without a doubt. But then watching her on this and her and her new husband are just so <laughs> doofy and kind of, I, I just like, they don't, stri- she doesn't strike me as somebody who is like that, malevolent she know. seems just kind of like she seems dumb. sort of a little bit psychopath adjacent you know like a little bit like there was just something dead in her eyes <laughs> i don't know i felt like weird vibes from her because she like yeah there is a dopey element where she's constantly like laughing or giggling her shrugging her shoulders but when she's like talking about her husband's disappearance or the fact that her ex like her her ex-husband or her dead husband's like family thinking she actually did it. She's like, Oh, they're just crazy. But I think there's an interesting moment later on where she's like, you know, if you want a cat to attack you, you just throw some, you throw some sardine oil on you, not some perfume. They don't like that. And it's like, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? You know, like what's your experience with sardine so oil wait, on so a y- human body? You think that, that, that that's how she <laughs> killed the husband was put sardine oil on his shoes or whatever. Cause oh, here's I'm the thing. Saying, Joe I'm exotic saying. is putting out that she definitely killed her husband and then fed him to the tigers so yeah. much so that she, that he makes a music video out of it. <laughs> and so this is an interesting element that I am confused as to why they did not bring it up in the documentary. He's supposedly a country music star. We see a lot of his music videos, but it's not him singing. All of those songs are songs that somebody else records, and then he just pretends to sing and lip syncs over. Like, that's a verifiable thing, which is so (laughs) weird. And I don't understand why they didn't bring that up. Well, they said... The director said that it was just, like, hard. There were just so many layers to it that it was, like, hard to prove, like, the legal truth and so they didn't want to like step into that mess at all so they just didn't talk about it (laughs) i i feel like that the documentary goes out of its it it leaves things out to make joe exotic a more likable character than (laughs) he is like the is that what we're because there are well, there were like Cardi B came out and said that she was starting a GoFundMe account to help Joe Exotic oh, win his freedom. I there there's an element, especially in the last couple episodes when they're talking about the trial, that makes it feel like he was kind of that he was crazy right. and weird, but wasn't didn't actually do anything wrong, and that these other people were setting him up. Yeah. And I think that that this leans into that because there was a lot of stuff in the podcast about all of these different situations in which he was lying about stuff mm-hmm. and how he just constantly made up things. At one point, he at multiple points he claimed that he had cancer to raise a lot of money for himself for different. <laughs> things but he never had cancer he claimed that like relatives of his has had cancer and that feels like a big part of a story that also like discredits somebody 
yeah. um, integrity. And the fact that they didn't bring it up made me think, hmm, like, why aren't they doing this? Which also then made me think that this filmmaker is a little bit shadier than he is letting on. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think, honestly no one in the series is likable. Like, I don't think there is a hero, but I can see that there is like, I mean, what's crazy about Joe Exotic's story is just all these different players in it because like halfway through the series, they introduce this new sort of investor, Jeff Lowe, who's supposedly wealthy and like promises to save the zoo and then sort of just like takes over and edges Joe out. But what I liked about the documentary and their exposure of Joe is just how like, fame hungry he is like there's a whole episode where he runs for president and then when that doesn't take off he decides to run for governor and he just becomes obsessed with like this presentation of personality and like I think they show a lot of how he changed like there's a clip later I think towards the very end where it's like early, early, early years of Joe Exotic, like before he's Joe Exotic, when he's oh, talking yes. about why he loves cats and how he's like, he's like, we need to like protect them and get them back to the wild or whatever. And then you just see how his own ego has sort of just totally tainted his love for these animals and twisted the reason for his involvement in the zoo. And I just like, it was crazy to see how all these people, like none of them cared about these animals you know like absolutely nothing. oh no they were all just monsters and by the end of it i was just like you guys are all trash except for maybe like joe's hardcore like og animal workers oh yeah the guy <laughs> who, who didn't liked. have legs was like yeah. the, was the one person in the documentary who you felt yeah. like whenever he was talking it was like oh yeah that makes sense like that tracks for me <laughs> yeah. Um, like one guy had a monkey up his shirt the whole time they were interviewing him. I was like, what, what is happening? But honestly, this, this documentary did nothing for me in the way of making me like any kind of, of animal. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm not an animal person to begin with, but I was just like, these, these don't look appealing to me. These cats can just like kill you at any moment. Like, Uh I don't understand the fascination. I don't (laughs) want to take a picture with a baby tiger. I don't want to have a tiger riding in the front seat of my car. Like nothing (laughs) in this remotely looked like fascinating to me. They, I honestly, I would watch some of these episodes while I was like eating. And I found myself getting like slightly nauseous, just (laughs) looking at these cats, like ripping up body parts. Everything was so gross. Also, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. (laughs) Everybody's teeth are terrible (laughs) the teeth like were so bad and i i thought you were gonna talk about the expired meat truck oh my gosh and the expired (laughs) meat truck which then at one point they're like oh joe exotic has the best pizza in town and it's like they put this expired meat from walmart on the pizza that they're serving customers i was like this is revolting it's pretty wild i mean there's even like there's just like so much crazy stuff that it starts to feel like, oh, well, it's not that crazy. Cause like the first episode, you see one of his workers get her arm flayed oh, yeah. by a tiger. And she comes back to work and she's like, yeah, I mean, I, they could have repaired the arm with like two years of surgery, but I told them to just take it off. Cause like who has time for that basically? And she's back to work. But you know what? I liked her. I think she really liked the animals and whatnot. But what was wild is this happens like as the park is open. And Joe's like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing that happened to me financially. And he, like, goes into the gift shop and he's like, hey, guys, like, I got to be honest. A tiger just ate someone's arm. If you want a refund, we'll give it to you. <laughs> and I just imagine being the person there and being like, like, oh, like, like, do you go back? Or are you like, wow, that was a sign. Like, I shouldn't visit these parks, you know? I kept thinking, how mortified would you be if you went to one of these parks and then showed up in this documentary as, like, one of the people <laughs> who's holding the cat? Like, Shaq. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's another whole subplot of the, of the movie where 
Joe Exotic hires this reality TV producer to come out and like film him do everything and make this TV studio. And this guy thinks that he's going to make it big as a reality star producer. So he has all of this material. And then him and Joe have a fight about who owns the all of this video. And then the building that Mm -hmm. not only houses the video equipment but also houses the alligators in the park mysteriously burns down 100% due to arson and it's yeah. like clearly Joe is the one who burnt it down <laughs> or had someone burn it down yeah. like he's like, like without a like, shadow of a doubt yeah there's like security footage of some guy in a hoodie and he's like see it's the it's the reality guy I'm like I'm 100% positive that's your body Joe like I, yes yes <laughs> like that is you walking but yeah, it's pretty crazy the lengths he'll go to. And then there's this like, I mean, first he's married to these two guys who clearly are not that into him. They like have their wedding ceremony and like barely want to kiss him. Oh, well, and they're then both it turns straight out guys who are straight. drug addicts. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was wild. It's like they both end up being like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm straight. He knew that, but he just kept buying me gifts. He kept buying me drugs. He kept buying me guns. One of them leaves and like marries a woman, but the other one, it was like so sad. He was clearly like very addicted and he kept feeling more and to more To meth. Yeah. And there's this storyline where there's the, the, what is it called? He's the, the doofy well, he's campaign manager. Yeah. The campaign oh manager my gosh. who worked at Walmart. Who it's, it's like. dream job. Yes. I can't figure out how <laughs> the campaign manager <laughs> seemed like smart enough to not be in this situation with this but somehow or another like ran joe's campaign for a long (laughs) it was wild to me he showed up on the screen as the campaign manager and i was like what are you doing with your life like run (laughs) yeah he's like it was the worst job but i'm still here like working with joe knowing about him like doing this documentary but anyways it's like so sad but there's this moment where accidentally the husband basically shoots himself in the head in front of this campaign manager on tape like it is so crazy and so joe's now single and sad and lonely meets another very young man and ends up marrying him within two months of his husband's death like it was just like these are not good people and cons the dead husband's wife into coming to the (laughs) wedding mother yeah the mother mother yes mother (laughs) Well, at least the yeah. third husband was gay. So that yes. was at least a step in the right direction, yeah. I guess. But well, then it so it all climaxes in this in the last couple episodes in this um, murder uh, for hire plot. Yeah. Murder for hire plot line where Joe for a long time has been talking about how he wants Carol Baskin dead. But in sort of like a jokey way, it's unclear on like whether or not he was actually like meant he wanted to kill her Mm -hmm. but all of these shady people who are surrounding him like jeff lowe and these other people are kind of in trouble for various things and so basically set him up uh they like wear wires and go undercover to try to get him to get joe exotic to actually like pay for carol baskin to be murdered um (laughs) <laughs> and and so then Joe goes to prison. And so then it's this question of like, well, did Joe actually want to have Carol Baskins murdered? Or was it just all of these other people were trying to get off of their weird like shady strip club, uh, like <laughs> arms dealing. I'm bringing tigers into Las Vegas casinos in my <laughs> backpack cases. And that by trying to get off of that, they're just throwing Joe under the bus. Yeah, it's very unclear because Jeff Lowe's character is like very shady, but he thinks he's like this level-headed businessman. But but there's like some anger because it turns out Joe, I mean, Joe had been shady. He'd been moving around the ownership of the park for like, I don't remember, tax reasons or something. And then he ends up giving ownership to Jeff Lowe, but then he uses money from the park to fund his campaign, which is very illegal. And so the FBI is sort of onto him. And that's when Joe sort of flees to some unmarked country. Oh, home. he goes to a, he goes to a beach in Florida and keeps yeah. posting on social media that it's Belize when it's like clearly not <laughs> Belize. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, did the podcast make it more clear if he actually did, 
do this murder for hire? No, that was the part of the podcast that was also a little convoluted for me and made more convoluted by the fact that when you're just listening to all of these different guys' voices, it was tricky for me to keep track of who was doing what. (laughs) And honestly, I I don't feel like it was much clearer in the episode. It it feels like nobody in the situation is good. So whatever, like the fact that some people got off, it's like, okay, well, they probably shouldn't. And maybe Joe is less guilty than he got but i think he is still guilty of some of those things (laughs) yeah i mean one of the crimes he was sentenced to was for murdering five tigers in his backyard like oh yeah which he definitely did yeah there was a whole that was a whole section in the podcast too that that they covered more of it where like that joe had been killing these animals because the thing with tigers and these cats is like when they're small you can take a lot of pictures bring them around they're they don't cost that much to have and they can make you a lot of money. But once they're full grown, it's like, well, then that you just have to keep them in a cage. You can't really do much with them otherwise. So yeah. that these big cat breeders will either like kill the cats when they get older or just neglect them or, you know, just pile them all into these huge cages and just leave them there sort of to rot. So yeah. the podcast, I feel like focused more on that, which again, it makes me feel like, OK, the podcast is more on the up and up <laughs> than this than this series because also it's like every single person that they're interviewing in this series is telling the director like everything is going Mm -hmm. on like is spilling all of their secrets and you and the only way that people do that is if they think the director is like on their side so he (laughs) must have told them all like going into this like oh yeah these other people are crazy Mm. but you're the one who like we need to get your opinion on because like jeff lowe is talking about it like jeff lowe is is talking to the camera is if he thinks that the person who's recording this is going to put it in a good light but that's not the case like the (laughs) same with doc antle the same with carol baskin like nobody get nobody gets off on a good light which i mean i think is probably fair but i also am like what was he telling (laughs) these people to give them this much access into their life because like the thing with carol baskin is they have tons and tons of footage of her and she was not like recording herself for a reality show like yeah like joe exotic was like they must have just followed her around for weeks well no it's been five years in the making and I think that's where a lot of the footage comes from because, as we know, Joe Exotic's whole footage went up in flames for his reality show. But, yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. I mean, since the show has come out, both Carol and Doc um, have been, like, very anti the show. Carol was like, they told me it would be, like, Blackfish and this is just salacious and inappropriate and it just ruins my, like, entire vibe and then doc is like this is not fair to us like it makes us look like we don't know how to manage our zoo or our animals and we do everything with you know below the line like it's all good we're not on the same level as joe exotic and you can't like say that like this so no one's happy with it except joe exotic who has been quoted to be very excited to hear how famous he is from prison so <laughs> Well, he's also, he sued <laughs> for $94 million of civil damages from all from a bunch of different people after this. So, um, oh, wow. so who I mean, like, just personally, who did you feel like you sided with? Like, did you feel oh like gosh. anybody got a like the no. raw end of the deal? No. Raw end of the deal? I mean, I guess. Like, I'm who probably... was your favorite? Like, who were you rooting for out of the four people? <laughs> there was no rooting for it. I honestly like I was I was struggled with wanting to watch this because honestly I really hate like I mean who doesn't hate animal abuse but I mean I don't necessarily like want to watch like this glorified train wreck of like people who are really hurting these animals and the environmental impact and just continuing to perpetuate a culture that is making that stat of like there's more tigers in the U.S. than there are in the wild or whatever And so it was kind of painful to watch at points because sometimes you could just let go and enjoy the like, you know, the crazy characters that were playing off and just their quirky outfits and their cuckoo like opinions. But then you'd get like shots of these animals in these cages or footage of like Joe kind of beating up a cat who had tried to like wrestle with his shoe or something. And 
it was just kind of like unsettling uh, at the core. I just didn't enjoy a lot of it, you know? So I don't think there's like a favorite for me because at the end of it, I was just like, these are all bad people. They might have been able to get away with saying they were uneducated, except for the fact that they're pretending they all know what's best. And it's like, they're all just very bad. Like even Carol, who's like pretending she's running a sort of sanctuary, like her zoo did not look great. Like it was not like pet, it was not like cat friendly, you know? I don't know. I just like hated them all. The thing with Carol Baskin though, is like, she's just taking all of these cats that other people don't want anymore. So she at least... You, like she's not breeding any cats it's just that that's what she's stuck with but and then, she started then off breeding like, them which is pretty well yes <laughs> yeah like way back when that's when her i do think though got her interested in it like this is a this is a world that i didn't know anything about before i listened to the podcast about like these big cat breeders like yeah. never have i ever been in a situation where i've been encountered by this but now i think like if i went to las vegas and someone was like oh do you want to take a picture with a baby tiger i'd be like oh no absolutely not where before i could have seen myself be like oh well i mean if they're like there must be you know uh, (laughs) allowed for the gram yeah (laughs) yeah for the i mean yeah well they even talk about at one point of how everybody on tinder has pictures with tigers and i was like yeah i've i've seen that before so (laughs) yeah no it's a very interesting world but what's crazy is like carol carol's whole shtick like she has footage of when she was first married to her husband who wanted to raise and breed tigers that she was raising and breeding tigers and then suddenly was that the when first he's dead, husband or was that the that was the first husband oh and yeah so when he dies she's like oh no i'm an animal activist but she's been on record being like oh no i'd never want to see them in the wild like i have no interest in going there like no thanks like i don't need to and it's like well are you really like a passionate cat lover or do you just also like to snuggle these little kitties and you get to like pretend you're on some holier than thou grounds when you do it? Ugh, no thank you. Those <laughs> cats don't pay look your so employees. Yeah. Oh yeah, it didn't. <laughs> the the wildest part to me is like you get through all of this and you think okay, how can this get any weirder? And then we zoom back out to Jeff Lowe, whose mm-hmm. wife who is like Oh, yeah. 20 years younger than him is pregnant and mm-hmm. she's like we're getting a nanny and he's like yeah and it's gonna be a hot nanny because if you're yeah. gonna get a nanny it better be someone that you can yeah. look at it's like clearly there he's getting this nanny so that he can like bang her <laughs> and leave his wife and the wife is yeah. like oh sure she's totally chill with it i mean i think he even she's even like what are you excited for when the baby comes and he's like when you go back to the gym and get your body back it's like, oh yes get out of uh-huh. here like please everyone is just a different type of awful. And I didn't like anyone except, like I said, the little side characters. Like, I I don't remember their names, but some of them seemed like they had just <laughs> stumbled The best this. character is that girl who used to be in Doc Antle's cult, yeah. but now is just, like, <laughs> yeah. talking trash about him. That was she's the best like, character. That was wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is crazy. I had, they gave me a weird name and they made me do plastic surgery. And I was like, (laughs) sure, I'll get my boobs done just so that I can take a break because he was working us so hard. (laughs) Yeah, truly, truly wild world. And I think the documentary does do at least a good job of making you kind of stop and think like, oh, is it worth going to one of these sad sort of defunct animal zoos and like supporting this industry? Because it is kind of like there's no no legal involvement there's no like watching out for who's taking care of what animals and like who's breeding what like i guess joe exotic had like tried to breed a saber tooth like he kept making weird breeds in the hopes of creating a saber tooth like that was a goal of his and so he was like breeding ligers with tigers and like first generation (laughs) lions with like you know it's just like crazy what these people get up to and then they do end up killing these cats and they steal the cubs from the like right after birth and then they go on national tours and like buses they're like transporting these illegally like it's just crazy this really felt like vindication for me as a non-animal person who's (laughs) sort of like 
I don't know. Like, we had pets growing up, but none that I was ever super attached to. And I'm just mm-hmm. always a little bit like, what's the point of this? Um, and just to see that everybody in this was an animal person and they were all crazy, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, <laughs> this tracks for me. Yep. This is why okay. I don't have any pets. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, yeah. So, did you like the documentary as a whole or... I mean, it was definitely fascinating to watch. I think had I watched it without knowing anything, I would have been, I could see why people were so interested in it because I had all of the same feelings like six months ago when I listened to the podcast and was like, everybody needs to listen to this. It's so weird. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Um, the, the fact that the director is like trolling every single person in it was an added (laughs) level of like interest to me just to see what he could get these people to do on camera was mind blowing. So I don't know. Did you like it or dislike it? I mean, it was entertaining. I wish it had gone a little harder than the last five minutes to be like, this is bad for the animals. Like no matter how much they say they love them, they're treating them all very badly, but whatever. (laughs) We got some crazy meat truck and uh, good old Josh talking about the campaign and the condoms and whatever else Joe is pulling out of his sleeve. So lots Um, of funny lightning round. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So if you had to eat one thing of meat off the meat truck, which meat would you pick? I think which expired meat. Hot dogs seem safe because they're sort of like non meat, you know. Like, do hot dogs go bad? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought <laughs> hot dogs were bad to begin with. I think yeah. I'd go for bacon. That feels Ew. like, okay. I don't know. That that feels less, like you're not eating as much of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Like you're really cooking it well. There's yeah. Like, you're not not cooking bacon, right. where I feel like, where I wouldn't want to go for something that was yeah. more meaty. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you've probably heard that Kate McKinnon is starring in uh, in a Netflix movie of this. Of yeah, this which makes podcast, no sense. Actually. Yeah, she'll be playing Carol as Baskin. Carol Baskin. So who do you want to play as Joe Exotic? If you could choose between Woody Harrelson, Dax Shepard, or Matthew McConaughey. I mean, Woody Harrelson would be great. I, I don't want Dax Shepard. Is he a good actor? I don't think so. Um, he likes the part, though, you know. I think he would yeah, really but, play Yeah, but, trash. like, Matthew McConaughey a la Beach Bum, I feel like could yeah. also really nail this. <laughs> so, and I think he would be the most interesting in that role. So, I guess, I guess give me Matthew McConaughey. But, honestly, Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin is just so bad that it's... Carol Baskin should be Patricia Arquette. That's the person who should be playing no, Carol Baskin. I can see Kate McKinnon. I think it'll be interesting. She's like too young and she's too just like she's too like she just she has like one mode. You know what I mean? That she can go in, which I love, but isn't (laughs) she's not like good at acting as other people. I don't think we're like Patricia Arquette in um, Escape at Danamora is amazing. And I feel like she could do something similar, but still really different as Carol Baskin. Right. And she's like the right age for it. Yeah, that's true. Who are you picking as Joe Exotic? I think Woody Harrelson would be the most fun. He'd have to probably like lose some weight and I don't know. I guess Joe Woody Harrelson could small. also be Doc Antle. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he'd be funny as that role. <laughs> There's too many good pieces. <laughs> um, if you had to work at one of these three parks, which one would you work at? <laughs> I guess keeping in mind that Carol Baskin yeah. is not paying her employees. I know. That Doc Antle gives you a free boob job, <laughs> and that uh, Joe Exotic, you could get your arm ripped off and be arm. expected to be back at the yeah. park the next day. I think I'd choose Carol. I would hate it, but I think that's the only. You're not making any me. money, though. How long I is know. that going to last? I know. Well, you know, I'd rather do that than being a sex, you know, be a sex slave. So <laughs> I'll take my chances. What about you? I honestly think that maybe working for Joe Exotic would be the best. You're his bet. type because at least, yeah. <laughs> at least you're, get, ugh, at least you're getting money. Well, I wouldn't be Joe Exotic's husband. Okay, I'm not. Well, I'm not. How many of them? Well, I'm, they'd end up husband. You know? Yeah, but also I'm not addicted to any. Uh, yeah. So that. <laughs> what is if a he offered to buy you endless, you know, chicken fingers and Slurpee machines? Like what? Well, not if then? they're coming off the meat truck. That's for sure. <laughs> 
Not yeah. eating anything off of that. <laughs> Woof. <sighs> well, everyone in the show had a signature look from Carol's flower crown to the um, wannabe reality TV producer's cowboy hat and, of course, Joe's husband's shirtless look. So what would be your look for the five-year documentary process? What would you oh, stick to? I mean, like, what would my look in general be? Or, like, if I had to come up with something weird? Well, I guess, you know, you, you want to... Because in general, I feel like my look is just... I I have, like, a million crew neck sweatshirts, and I just mm-hmm. love a good crew neck sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> so, I feel are. like I would, I would go with that. Mm-hmm. Um... But if I had to do something weird, I don't know. I feel like I could get into like a like a floral Hawaiian shirt pattern and and be into that if I, you know, <laughs> if given the right, um, right, right motivation. Yeah. Do you have a signature yeah, look? Sense. I was trying to think. I mean, I really don't have any style and I'm really trying to. But um, so I, I feel like you have style, but maybe oh you don't. Oh, my gosh. That is so sweet. <laughs> Maybe Thank maybe you. I'm getting your like a, your like um your like thirsty influencer status on social media as like I'm mistaking yeah, yeah. that for style. Yeah, it's just I you mean, have good pictures. Tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I would make something up, I could really like get into like the heart-shaped sunglasses look, you know? Like it was still, like, <laughs> you know, 2012 probably, but I think I could make it come back. I could really rock those. In all my I think you could also do the the flower crown because yeah. that like because you have good like 70s kind of like hippie hair <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah I could I definitely could and I do like hey all you cool cats and kittens hey, you could you. do some fringe too I think I could mm, see you in a fringed vest yeah. yeah or I'd like really start to do my nails so like every time they interviewed me I'd have like a different like animal print on my nails or something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, last question. What animal would you get tattooed on your lower abdomen to cover a tattoo that has your ex-husband's name on it? And like barely cover it. So there's still a little Yes, bit and barely off. cover it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um well, I guess I would get an animal. Like I, my first instinct is my dog, but I don't think she'd translate into like tattoo well, you know? Like I don't think she'd look as cute as a tattoo. A lupe crotch tattoo? Yeah, yeah that could be yeah. a little rough. Yeah. Maybe I would just do like like cougar paw prints all up my all up <laughs> my abdomen, you know? <laughs> uh, I can't wait for you with the 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 um the cougar tattoo and then the yeah. the heart shaped sunglasses and the fringe <laughs> yeah. vest. It'll it's really yeah. pulling the look together. I for know him. it's the whole thing. What about you? I mean, I feel like a rhinoceros is my favorite animal, <laughs> so maybe I would get that. But I don't know like why. I mean, honestly, I just am not like, would into it be animals a head? that much. Would it be like a silhouette? Would it? Be I like... think it would have to be a silhouette, right? Because yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah. if you're covering up another tattoo, yeah. it has to be dark. <laughs> yeah. Just like a so big old rhino like a horn, yeah. No, that's a clever idea. I think you should definitely do that for sure, one hundred percent. Well, first I need to get the tattoo that says "Property of Joe Exotic" <laughs> yeah. or whatever, so that I can get that tattooed over. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How many people do you think already have Joe Exotic tattoos based off of this documentary? Well, no I guess that's a tough question because of coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They could be um, direct messaging their tattoo artists with some ideas right now, but I don't think anyone's like got it inked yet. How many people do you think are going to get that eyebrow ring? Oh, that looked so bad. <laughs> and it was like droopy the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're too old for an eyebrow ring because it's just hanging there. You need like a taut skin. All of his piercings look bad. And then in yeah. prison, the like whatever was going on with his bangs, I was like, dear Lord, somebody get in there and yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Can but you imagine his, being locked in prison with him? Moment. Yeah. Well, he realized, like, wow, I don't like being in prison. I wonder if these animals don't like being in cages. And he, like, realized, like, what have I been doing my whole life? So do you think if he gets out of prison, he'll still collect cats? Yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's his brand now. How can he resist? 
Yes. Well, and also I think that he's just like, I think that he's really manipulative. I mean, at the end of the yeah. at the end of the season, he's working with Peta, but only because he wants to take down Jeff Lowe and <laughs> yeah, Carol Baskin. Right. He doesn't care about working for Peta at all. He's yeah. just like saying whatever. I mean, somebody. I think it's the guy with who doesn't have any legs is like, yeah, five months ago, none of these people were talking to each other, but now they all hate the same person <laughs> so much that they're all like teamed up. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be wild to see the lasting impact of Tiger King on the cat world, on these people's businesses, on the um, efforts to protect endangered species. Uh, But it feels sort of like a flash in the pan sort of moment, maybe. I mean, it honestly depends on how long this quarantine goes and what (laughs) new stuff comes out. Because in the regular news cycle, I think that this would be like done by now but the fact that there's like such limited material that's coming out and you know by in the in the next couple months we'll be out of everything that's in the can so it's like what's new won't be coming out for a a bit i can see this uh you know sticking around and being like a cultural touchstone i don't know what netflix has coming down the pike but some of the stuff that they've got on their homepage, i'm like no one is watching this and no one cares like i do not want to watch that show about the like um the like girl who's sca- escaping from like the Jewish cult in Brooklyn or whatever. I was like, no, thank you. This looks boring to me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's too serious, too dark. Um. Well, we'll be back next week. We don't really know what we're talking about yet, but we'll figure it out. These it's Corona fine, weeks you know? are truly yeah. hard to plan for. I'm just texting <laughs> Shelby ideas like, well, maybe this, well, maybe this. <laughs> Shelby keeps being like, call the wild, call the wild. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not happening. <laughs> One day it could. But yeah, better we'll call Saul. See what we come mm-hmm. up with, but um, you can always find more material on our social media accounts. We're at PSE Wrong on Twitter, Instagram, sometimes Facebook, and you can always shoot us an email with more of your thoughts and suggestions at PSE Wrong at gmail dot com. And leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. That'd be great. That helps more people find the podcast. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Just, did Carol have a weird send off that she used, or just the hey, cats and kittens? Goodbye, cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>